0: live from the Interaction Media Studio in Morgantown. Welcome to Positively West Virginia and the new weekly special feature, West Virginia Small Business Mastermind. I'm your host, Jim Matuga. For those of you joining us on the live Zoom call, thanks for joining. Uh, We have an amazing panel for you today. We'll tee that up in a second. For those of you joining us live on Facebook, welcome also, and thanks for tuning in. For also listening on the podcast on iTunes and Spotify and Wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, thanks for tuning in as well. Since this is our first episode of the West Virginia Small Business Mastermind, I want to take a moment just to describe the vision of what this new show is all about. The concept of a mastermind group was formally introduced by Napoleon Hill in his famous leadership and business book, Think and Grow Rich, which incidentally was written back in 1937. Hill described the mastermind principle as the coordination of knowledge and effort between two or more people who work toward a definitive purpose in a spirit of harmony. No two minds ever come together without thereby creating a third, invisible, intangible force, which may be likened to a third mind, also known as the mastermind. So each week we intend with this show to gather like-minded people on this Zoom platform. And with the help of West Virginia small business owners and leaders, we want to help West Virginia companies win. That's the simple Uh, solution that we're trying to to accomplish here is we want to help people win. The cool thing about our media partnership is that we'll be streaming this live call on Facebook through our Positively West Virginia page, as well as our entire statewide distribution network with WV News and WVNews.com and all their uh, distribution channels. And we have Brian Jarvis, uh, who is the president and CEO of WV News on the call with us as well. Brian's an awesome guy, and you guys will get to know him. This uh, West Virginia Small Business Mastermind is brought to you by the State Journal, wvnews.com, and Interaction Media. Now I'd like to in- introduce some of our panelists today. Uh, we have Ed DeCosta with Catalyst Associates. Say hi, Ed. Hi, Ed. <laughs> we have Danny Fink, the uh, owner of Premier Tax Services. He's a CPA. Danny, welcome. Hey, everyone. We have Kimberly Hambrick with uh, Kimberly Hambrick Consulting down in um, Putnam County. Hi Kimberly.
1: Hey hey, good morning. Good
0: to see you. We have Frank Vitale uh, with uh, Forge Business Solutions. Frank. Good morning. Carpe diem. Carpe diem. Seize the day. I love it. Uh, We have Alicia Mayo uh, with Interaction Media. Hi Alicia. Brian Jarvis with uh, WV News. Brian, welcome. And Dylan Sheldon from Interaction Media as well. Dylan, welcome and thanks for being on. Uh, we have a couple of other folks on the call as well. And we are live and we've got uh, some uh, folks popping on the live stream. So what I wanted to do today, really, guys, uh, thanks again for being a part of this. This is a, a new journey that we're on. And and the, the idea is obviously bringing like-minded people together who uh, want to help people. And everyone on this call right now, I could see, has that, that spirit, their heart. Uh, so I wanted to talk about, you know, just this week, uh, Governor Justice has unveiled the plan to reopen West Virginia out of COVID-19 and the pandemic storm that we've been in. And, and really the, uh, you know, I, I do like his, his, his branding of it, West Virginia strong, the comeback. And uh, you know, I feel like you know, we are poised as a state to really capitalize on a lot of opportunities are gonna be coming our way. There's no doubt people are hurting. Uh, small businesses have been struggling over the last seven, eight weeks. But there is opportunity ahead. And that's really what I wanted to focus this first episode on, is really talking about some things that practical things and practical terms that people can can take away from this uh, to to really have optimism and a sense of hope uh, coming out of a, a pretty significant storm that we've never seen before. So Frank, I would love to to hear your thoughts on that and some some high level thinking on you know what can people be doing at, uh, as we start in, in this reopening phase of, of of our state's economy. What could be uh, folks be doing right now?
2: Well, I think uh, it's imperative that we remain positive, as we have. I think, and I, I know everyone on this phone call for the most part, and I know that in your own way, you've stayed positive. You've been that leader that. You know, your company's need, your community needs, your family needs, your church needs. We have to stay positive. We have to stay the course. But now we've really got to begin to plan forward and and begin to plan for the reopening. We have to do so judiciously. We've got to take care of the people around us. We have to make sure that we have supplies in place, procedures. And it's important to do that and to make sure that we communicate that, that to those that depend on us so that they can with confidence come back to the workplace. If we don't do it with confidence, then I think that we're gonna have trouble. But if we're careful, we're safe, uh, then I think the people around us will appreciate it and they'll go hard.
0: Excellent, excellent insight. Uh, Ed DaCosta, I'd like to throw it over to you and get your thoughts on, on kind of like 30,000 foot view. What do we need to be focusing on right now as we start? Sure, I,
3: I echo everything that Frank said. He's spot on, of course. I would caution us to be to be confident and to be positive, but not to be reckless. As you and I have talked about before, Jim, there's there's some folks that are justifiably frustrated, borderline exasperated, and desperate to get back to the get back to normal. Um, but you know, being reckless is not the same as being courageous. Being foolish is not the same as being brave. So we want people that are that are being courageous and brave, but reasonable and we need to do it in a, in a reasoned way, science-based way, in spite of the emotion, in spite of the, the, the fact that you haven't gotten a haircut and you haven't gone to the movies and you haven't gone out to dinner and all those things you haven't done in six weeks or more and you're dying to do those things. There's, there's <laughs> nothing wrong with those emotions, but just be victims or, or slaves to our emotions. We've got to be um, diligent in our thinking so that we're not causing uh, any negative uh, consequences by our actions. When you know now that the the comeback is is underway.
0: Yeah, Kimberly, I'd like to get your thoughts on that as well. What are you seeing down in the in the southern part of the state?
1: Sure, you know I, I I'm not taking offense that Ed looked at me when he said we're not going to the hairdresser. I know he saw my <laughs> colorless hairs there. Um, <laughs> But, but to be perfectly honest, I'm having lots of conversations with leaders and CEOs and really where they are right now. And they've been thinking about it is having that tiered approach of opening up their doors again. And as both Ed and Frank had mentioned, I, we have to think about that. We have to think about the people who may not be comfortable wanting to come back into the workplace. Or who may not be able to because they have small children that aren't in school or they're taking care of elderly parents. So having a tiered approach, it's not just open the door and everybody comes back. It's open the doors and think about who needs to come back first. How do we get them into the office? Where, you know, where are the supplies to keep them safe? Um, do they do people come in Monday, Wednesday, Friday? Some come in on Tuesday, Thursday, or as we talk, Jim, you know, is there a shift work for the the thing, So it, it's really an interesting time. And, and I say that with the utmost respect about all the horrible things that are going on financially and personally with the deaths and the illness. Yeah. But it's really a, an interesting time from a leadership perspective to see how they're making these decisions in light of absolutely no business plan forward
0: yeah that's very interesting. Danny, I would love to, to to hear your thoughts on this from a you know from a CPA's perspective, uh, you know in a financial perspective, what are some things that you're you're really paying attention to and urging your clients that you're working with?
4: Well, you know, there's been a wide range of how this has affected uh, business owners. There are the very few who've actually uh, seen their revenues go up some really haven't seen much change as far as their revenues go and others have been you know practically totally shut down so i guess it depends on where you've been throughout the process yeah. uh, but even if revenue didn't change or went up certainly your work process has changed um, and as we start to get back to normal i don't think normal is going to be what it used to be yeah. um, and you know, we need to have plans in place to keep us safe, our employees safe, and our clients and customers safe. You bring up a good point, Danny, because I think that, you know, uh,
0: something that's kind of resonated with me is, uh, and a couple of folks on the, on the uh, Positively West Virginia podcast have talked about this over the last couple of days, is that, you know, a lot, to a large degree, a lot of companies are going to have to have a startup mentality. Even if they've been in business 25, 30 years, 100 years, you, you almost have to have this mentality, a mindset, financially speaking, innovation speaking, that you've got to find that groove and you've got to find that new niche. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing that as well?
4: Yeah, you have to. Yeah. You, you can't expect to continue to operate the way you used to. Um, yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. also make sure you're not wasting money on unnecessary expenses right now.
0: Yeah, Brian, you know, I'd like to get your thoughts on this. You're, you're a guy who's, uh, who runs a, a large media company, the, one of the fastest growing and, and largest websites, news websites in the state of West Virginia, some new statistics, maybe you could talk about that, but uh, really want to get your thoughts. I mean, you're a guy who has your finger on the pulse on a lot of things. What are some of your thoughts uh, regarding the, the startup? So we, were,
5: we were fortunate because we were kind of, we were still an essential business. We kept pumping out news like nothing really changed for us. But what we saw was all of our advertisers kind of vanished. They did have to shut down their doors. And what we're kind of doing is we're looking at it at, from a startup standpoint and trying to create campaigns, advertising campaigns and things that are atypical, something we wouldn't ever do unless something like this occurred. So we're trying to think outside of the box and really encourage uh, everybody out there communicating with our customers to, to push them to do something a little different, just to try to try to lift them up initially, which is something they probably would do if they were a startup again.
0: Yeah, that's that's good insight, Frank. You you talked about this concept a couple of weeks ago about uh, unleashing innovation. Uh, what are what's your what's your thoughts? You know, seven or eight weeks into the situation now, what are some of the th- th- thoughts you're thinking about with regard to innovation and the way people need to be thinking about innovating? That you know, kind of like to Danny's point of, of trying to think about new ways of, of, of running your business because we're not just gonna hit the reset button like Ed said and and start back, right? We're gonna, ha- it's gonna be a process. So what are some of the thoughts you have on that?
2: Yeah, so I, I learned in a geology course years ago that there are two things that change rock formation, time and pressure. <laughs> and so we're, we're in a unique time right now and there's some pressure. And I've heard my friend, uh, Ed DaCosta say that uh, character is revealed uh, during trying times and not necessarily made or forged, but, and, and I believe that to be true. So I think why not double down, which, you know, which quite frankly is what I've been doing, uh, with, with forge, but why not double down, make an investment now in your business and release innovation, cause your employees to think outside of the box and you know what reward them for it. So I recommend putting things in place, um, like, you know, a competition of sort where employees can, you know, put out their ideas and if it makes money, reward them for it. Uh, Employees could also uh, or or your team could also suggest cost saving measures during this challenging time. And if they're able to come up with an idea that helps you save costs, then reward them for it. Why not? Right? So I, I think it's a great time to release that innovation. Uh, you know, and, and I'll tell you, during the weeks of coming back online, the reopening, if you will, I think it's a critical time. And I, and I recommend not wasting that to really engage your employees on what have they learned during this time? What have they been forced to do to do things differently? And how can we take those lessons learned and build them into our business for efficiency and effective measures? So I think it's a great time right now. And I encourage people to think outside of the box and go for it sorry, I'm fired up today.
0: No, that's good. <laughs> I like it, man. I like it. I, I, that's, that's really good. Dylan, I, you know, I want to, um, I want to ask you, uh, you know, just some of the things you, obviously you're in, you have, uh, you deal with a lot of different, different business owners around the country. What are some of the things that you think are uh, kind of top of the mind that people should be thinking about right now as they're, as they're getting ready to open their, their doors again? And, and, you know, whether it's a restaurant or like we talked about teasingly, a, a hair salon or a Whatever it might be a small business of some sort in West Virginia, what are some of the thoughts you have
6: yeah, absolutely uh, you know from uh, the marketing perspective, one of the things that we've been thinking about and I mentioned this on our on a previous discussion that we had um, is when when your customers your patients, your clients, whoever you're serving when they come back uh, when you when you're able to reopen it or or serve them at your full capacity again, we need to remember that um, their lives have changed that everything has changed for them. And so they're not looking for the same solutions. They're, uh, the problems that they have have changed. And mm-hmm. so we need to provide new solutions. We need to be able to adapt with them. And so from a messaging standpoint, you know, we, we got to be thinking, uh, what, what are their perceptions that they're having? What are the problems that they're having that have changed? And how can we address those from the beginning so that they don't have to come to us with their questions, but we can, in our social media and our, on our website, in our marketing messaging, get ahead of the game. By, by explaining to them how we're changing to help uh, to solve the, the new problems that they're experiencing
0: yeah, that's a that's an excellent point. I really appreciate that insight. We got Jay McCord joining us on the call. Jay, how are you doing today?
7: doing well, Jim. Uh, sorry I had to jump on a little bit late, but
0: yeah, it's okay. i'm glad glad you're able to be here uh, jay i I'd like to get your thoughts on you're you're a guy who uh, works for aflac. Uh, in north central West Virginia and you see a lot of businesses uh, what what are some of the you know i want to kind of talk a little bit about the sales perspective of this whole thing because you know everything rises and falls on leadership but nothing happens until a sale is made right, right. <laughs> and so we're all trying to figure out like how do we you know I, you know I, me personally I've been selling throughout the process here we brought some new business on and whatnot, but but how you know what are some of the things you're, you're, uh, you're doing out there in the field and, and seeing that are being effective with regard to generating revenue and, and getting sales cranked back up?
7: Well, I think, think uh, one of the things, is, and I've talked to some of my cohorts uh, in Aflac and other sales people that I uh, have relationships with, and a few of them have told me, hey, I'm old school, And, you know, my, my comment to that is, well, you better become new school because old school's not going to work anymore. Um, you know, how long has video conferencing been around and we're utilizing it now? Um, and being, being able to provide value to the client now is, is very important, not only selling them the products and in my case, employee benefits and, and insurance, but being able to provide them with value, some things that um, can help them outside of just their employee benefits package, um, and be becoming a source of, uh, of value to them. I want to set myself apart in this world where, you know, everybody is itching. I I like to walk into a business. I like to, I'll be fist bumping now instead of shaking hands, but, um, uh, thanks to Jim, who's always been a fist bumper. Um, (laughs) so, um, you know, a, a lot of people are going to be, you know, hey, use this pandemic as, hey, things are over. This is what you need to be thought, thinking about now. And I always go back to a conversation that, that uh, I had with you, Jim, a few years back, where we were trying to help someone. Um, and, you know, we're, we were like, maybe we're solving a problem that this person doesn't have. <laughs> um, and, and too many times we're like, we walk in and we're like, hey, we've got this thing. And they're like, Oh yeah, that's great. But here's my problem. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's being able to walk in now, you know, the big thing now that I, that I foresee is attracting and retaining employees yeah. and, you know, in the being in the employee benefits market, that's huge for us. That's, that's going to be able to open a lot of doors.
0: It's funny because HR, you know, I know Frank has a, 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 a very deep background in HR as well, but you know, the, 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 Back in, um, you know, probably February, I was I actually did a, a seminar beginning of February, end of January, and it was my premise was today more than ever the job seeker is in the driver's seat.
2: <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs>
0: you know? and, and now it's like, I, I don't even know if I could say that, or I don't know what, I don't know what to think is it everything's still shaking out. Kimberly, I'd like to get your thoughts on, you know, on a uh, business development. Obviously you're an entrepreneur and you have to kind of go out there and fend for yourself. What are some of the things you're doing right now that you're, you think are being effective to that end?
1: Yeah, you know, I echo what's being said. A a number of people are saying, think outside the box. I have a mentor who says you're blowing up the box these days. You're (laughs) not just thinking outside, you've blown it up and you're building a new one. And, you know, this was a struggle when this first happened. I mean, everybody, this is this uniting thread that we're all suffering together. I think this is the first time we can say something that globally. Um, For me, I did things, uh, a few things complimentary because that's what was on my heart. I wanted to offer a space for people. How are you feeling? How are you going through this? And then I quickly shifted to you know, making a business because that's what this is. Yeah. There are still issues that we can address. There are new issues that we need to address and we can't stop doing business yeah. doing this because if we do, we may be okay doing it. But as soon as the world starts back up again, we're out of business.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Jonathan Bolin. Oh, Jonathan's still on the call or not? And I want to get your thoughts on sales. That's one of your your big a- areas of expertise. You've taught sales training around the country uh, as part of the John Maxwell Team Leadership uh, uh, Group uh, mentors and and everything. You've you've coached and counseled thousands and thousands of people ramping up their sales efforts. What are some of your thoughts right now as we're as we're starting the month of May? Yeah, I think in the in the big picture,
3: you know, the point you made, which I've made many times, is Nothing happens until somebody sells something. Mm -hmm. And for many industries, the sales game hasn't changed in terms of the goals and objectives, but the utilization of technology has made things very, very different. And I think that's just indicative of so many other areas of the business where we have an opportunity. I mean, this is not Pollyanna-ish. It's not unnecessary optimism to take a fresh look at your business you think about change management, how that was a big wave. And before that, business process re-engineering. Well, the truth of the matter is the strongest don't survive, the most adaptable survive. You know, look at the Fortune 500 from 25 years ago, go get the list and run your finger down that list. Huge corporations, very powerful, gone. They're gone, but those that are the most adaptable. With regard to selling, I mean, think about this, you're not going to visit people, not during the pandemic anyway, but you can email them. You can uh, call them. You can be creative in your messaging. You, you know, We've talked before about the utilization of video messaging, BombBomb, bomb, and there's others. The one I use is BombBomb. Bomb. Most people have still never received a video message, you know, never received a message that had an embedded video it's just a short message. Doesn't have to be a, you know, the Gettysburg Address, but just being creative. So, in spite of the outside circumstances, the, the rules of business haven't changed. It's yeah. differentiate or die. You got to make yourself different. In fact, I've found it funny, and Brian, and you say the advertisers have gone away, or many of them have, and I I don't deny that. But just watching, you know, ESPN and other you know, stations in this last month. It's so funny how many raced, how many companies raced to create commercials that essentially acknowledge the pandemic, okay? You know, during this time of crisis, what we really need is pizza, okay? And guess what we have? Contactless mechanisms for pizza. And then the next commercial is about the same thing, okay? you know, that you're going to get a refund from your car insurance agency. Why? Because you haven't been driving. Okay. And so, you know, why should you pay for insurance that you don't, you know, that you didn't even utilize because you didn't drive. So the sales and marketing game, the rules are the same, but the parameters are different. So you you want to be unique and you want to, to, to differentiate yourself. And I think the greatest differentiators are compassion and empathy and authenticity, being real. You Absolutely. don't have to be flawless. You don't have to be perfect. You don't need a script.
0: Be yourself. If you make mistakes, so be it. You know? Absolutely. Alicia, I'd like to come go to you right now because you deal a lot with that, uh, with helping people simplify and clarify their message to cut through the clutter. Uh, what are some of the thoughts you have right now as we're going into the month of May?
8: I definitely agree with Ed and what he says. Um, In terms of marketing and messaging, I kind of echo what Dylan said, kind of just showing that we are compassionate to people's problems and the solutions that we can provide. I know one thing that is really big um, in terms of our clients and what I'm seeing with other people who are opening their businesses is the fact that they're you know, really just being transparent with the precautions that they are taking to, Say that they are being safe not only for their customers or patients, but also for their staff who have families, friends, and are in the community as well.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome, Danny. I want to go to you and I want to talk for a minute about the you know all the Small Business Administration and the federal government initiatives, uh, including PPP, uh, the Payroll Protection or Paycheck Protection Program, and the EIDL loan grant uh, slash grant. Uh, what are some of the things you're seeing out there right now? That uh, like top of the like top of the uh, thirty thousand foot view is what I'm trying to get at. Looking down on it, what are what are the moving pieces that you're seeing that are critical right now?
4: Well, obviously, you know the PPP loan went live. Uh, I guess four weeks ago today, yep. and the money quickly ran out. Uh, of course, last week they authorized new funding and started taking applications again early this week. And from my perspective, the second round is going much smoother. I think the banks learned from the first go around and I guess had their systems up and running. Uh, so I'm actually seeing uh, PPP loans be approved in one case, same day. And in most cases, when, within a few days. Awesome. Um, and I guess people who were funded early on um, have had their money for a couple weeks now Um, and of course, so we're in that eight week period where the, that money needs to be spent in order to have it uh, be forgiven. Um, and that's going to be a key is spending it on the allowable things so that you don't end up with a loan.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Jay, I want to go to you. You had your hand raised.
7: Yeah. I I just want to, you know, comment about innovation and, you know, and talking about ESPN and sports, um, you know, NASCAR came out with iRacing. And, and at first I was like, I don't want to watch a bunch of guys sit around and play a video game and race. And uh, I was flipping channels and, and came across the race and I'm like, man, this is cool. And it took me about 20 minutes to figure out that this was not guys in cars racing. It was guys, you know, sitting in these massive seats and video screens and all that. So to be able to innovate you know, NASCAR was, was huge. And now you've, now you're seeing, um, basketball. I saw some, some things back basketball wise the other day, but that was, um, NASCAR looking at something and saying, Hey, you know what, let's give people, you know, let's be the only live sport that's on, on TV right now. So that was, that was huge. And of course now they have, you know, NASCAR is predominantly sponsored, uh, or sponsored driven. So, you know, they didn't miss a beat.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Brian, what are some of your thoughts on on uh, what you're seeing out there with regard to uh, innovation or PPP, uh, you know, SBA stuff? Yeah, a lot of what
5: we've seen so far is kind of the same thing Danny said, is that they are getting it. We, I've heard from other business owners that they're getting their money much faster. A couple of them didn't even get it when it got cut off initially. So now they are, they are all getting it, and it's much, much faster. And I guess the banks have done that. Um, as far as innovation goes, I think there are just a number of things. I think the trickiest thing is getting, getting the smaller businesses that don't have a ton of money to figure out how to innovate for themselves. Yeah. And, you know, I think part of our goal is going to be in the future is to be able to, to help
0: them do that on a limited budget. Yeah. And, and truthfully, Brian, one of the things, Alicia, do you have your hand raised? Yes. Okay, go ahead.
8: I was just going to say, kind of um, speaking to what Brian is talking about for small businesses, I mean, we've seen a couple of small businesses uh, kind of transfer their brick and mortar store to e-commerce and really kind of selling their products online in this time when people can't, you know, come into their office, which I think is a a really good innovation for um, how quickly it has come up.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. For For a long time, you've had people say, Oh, you know, I don't need a website. I'm, they just come into my store. Well, this is a great time to be doing that. You should have probably done it, you know, two years ago, but that's another point. So, you know, with regard to, you know, um, Brian, what you're saying, you know, doing things on a budget, that's <laughs> truthfully, um, and I think everybody on this call, Kimberly had a, she told me she was going to have to get off at, at 1130. Uh, but you know, my, my hope is that, um, that we, and I've I've been watching, we have quite a few uh, uh, live viewers watching this, watching this call right now, and it will be exponential as, uh, as this, as the day goes on, people will be tuning into this call. My hope with this platform is that we can really add value to people, especially those small businesses that, uh, that are out there struggling. They don't have a, uh, you know, a, a board of advisors, so to speak, and, and my hope is that we can collectively, and, as more people join this mastermind group, uh, and as panelists or just being on the call or just viewing it, is that we can actually make a make a significant difference in West Virginia because my, I do I do feel like we are poised to uh, to really have um, take advantage of maybe some new manufacturing opportunities that may be coming back to the United States, uh, you know things of that nature, in um, with our workforce and tourism. And you know, somebody said the other day we you know West Virginia has been social distancing since 1863 or whatever <laughs> it's kind of a good point we have a lot of, of attributes that that make us a, really a special place and and unfortunately we struggle a lot you know at the bottom of the good list and the top of the bad list a lot of times Frank I want to go back to you because one of the initiatives you've been working very diligently on is workforce readiness and so as um, as I think uh, the, the state starts cranking back up and we are starting to look at these opportunities and maybe manufacturing or whatever, whatever comes, to, comes to our, comes our way, or maybe that we're going after technology is a huge uh, area for West Virginia, I think. Um, what are some of thoughts that you have with regard to workforce development and workforce readiness, Frank?
2: Yeah, so uh, it's a great point, Jim, you know, and I think to give us a perspective, I mean, we, we really have to look at what was going on with the economy prior to uh, the pandemic uh, seven, eight weeks ago. I mean, unfortunately, West Virginia has one of the actually the lowest workforce participation rate in the nation. And and so, you know, roughly 54 percent of our eligible working citizens are actually engaged in the workforce. So now, you know, we're we're devastated with this pandemic. So how, how do we respond to that? And I think that if we look at future opportunities, if we can avail our citizens, uh, particularly the work that I've been doing is K-12 in career readiness and workforce development, if we can make sure that our, our young folks are aware of the potential opportunities that lie ahead for them, we could really build a strong economy right now. We're yeah. at the precipice of something great. So when you think about workforce participation rate, when you think about the fact that um seven out of 10 adult West Virginians have less than a two-year degree, there are, there are a lot of opportunities to transition a, a former physical labor workforce into a labor a, a workforce that can actually do digital working, they can do coding, they can do all, you know, u- utilizing all sorts of technologies, and I think if we lean, lean in on that area, we could really be a, a, the shining city on the hill throughout the country.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Brian, do you have any thoughts on on that as what you're seeing statewide with regard to um opportunities? Yes,
5: I mean statewide, I think what we're gonna see is yeah I mean one thing workforce participation now we're probably below fifty percent of course now, which is even more frightening than anything um but uh we just didn't have we just didn't have very far we could drop, but I think what we're gonna see is hopefully. You know there is going to be a lot of a lot of states trying to gain more technology companies to come in and help them, and you know especially with this going on, we're seeing that technology is more valuable than it ever was in the past. So West Virginia needs to really we really need to figure out a way how to get our government our governments involved and get the universities involved outside of just private uh, private companies doing. I think that innovation will be key if we can figure out a bridge the gap between government, private, and, and the, uh, and WVU Marshall institutions we have, If we can figure out a way out to grab everybody and get their thoughts together and hopefully find a way to either recruit one of those big tech companies or, or a few of them or, uh, or create our own.
0: Yeah. I like that. That's, that's really interesting. And one of the thoughts I, that kind of spurs, um, my, my wheels turning there is, is broadband connectivity. And, and, you know, we, we you know, I feel like I, I saw this, um, it was like a cartoon, and it was a young boy sitting at a computer and and there was another little boy outside the window, and he was looking in the window and he kind of had like raggedy clothes on, and he was taking notes on a like a notepad, looking at the kid's computer screen because he didn't have internet, you know it's like the haves and have nots and I, I get that, and I, you know you, you don't have to go very far into uh giving off the interstate in any part of our uh, part of our wonderful state and you realize that these people don't have internet, you know, broadband, high speed stuff. We all around this room probably take a uh, take that a little for granted, you know, but I think that's going to be a, a critical infrastructure need that's going to have to happen pretty quickly. Uh, because I do believe like this technology platform that we're on right now is was not even possible to go live on a zoom call on Facebook streamed across the distribution network reaching potentially thousands of people Uh, you know, just a couple of months ago, right? So innovation is absolutely happening as we're speaking, and we need to be part of that. Frank? Jim, you know, part of the work
2: that we do at Forge, we work with 21 boards of education throughout West Virginia, so I've I've had the opportunity to travel to a lot of the counties throughout the state, And, and I'll tell you, you know, here we are in a pandemic, and we're seeing how critical having broadband access is, and it, and it, and it becomes the haves to have nots, not just based on yeah. wealth and income and education, but actually where you live.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: and it's so unfortunate. And there, there are many counties in the state that our kids are, are not able to get a virtual education right now. They're unable to talk or to chat with their teachers. They're unable to get instruction and they're not able to submit assignments and, and work. So, you know, if, if nothing else comes out of this, I mean, as a state, we've got to Influencers like us have to come together and we have to come up with a plan to demand that we have broadband access because it is truly for many a lifeline and, and let me just say this about what I mean by a lifeline. I mean that literally telemedicine is critical these days and I see everyone shaking their head I mean our, the ability for our seniors 70 and over to be able to have access to their doctor virtually is life saving. And if nothing else comes out of this pandemic, we must get together. It is incumbent upon us as leaders to work together to push for this initiative to save our state, literally.
0: Yep, Frank, there was a a comment from a fellow by the name of Mike Lopez. He says, great, great point, Frank. (laughs) So you got a you got a thumbs up from from Mike Lopez. And I want to talk to you for just a second again, go back to you. uh, You know, you have clients all over the country. Uh, you, you, know, you, uh, you were born in, you're a Southie, Boston, hence your Red Sox jersey, but you, you live in West Virginia now. Your family uh, is here. What are some of the opportunities you think lie ahead for West Virginia? I think, I think that,
3: again, not just being overly optimistic, but there have been a number of things that the pandemic has forced us to do. So many people have taken advantage of this time at home to, you know, work in their houses. You know, go to that. You know, when I get a chance, you know, list of things that you may never have gotten to, yeah. um, and also many people who had never considered a work from home to be practical. I mean, there are lots of cliches and lots of stereotypes about people who work from home, and I'm not saying they're all false. Some of them. Uh, inevitably are true uh, but the reality is you can work from home so that's opened up lots of opportunities for uh, reimagining the workforce some of your workforce uh, then Kimberly said it earlier on some people work Monday Wednesday Friday some people work Tuesday Thursday but you know some people maybe they all work all five days but some people Monday Wednesday Friday is virtual others Tuesday Thursday are virtual um, utilizing contract staff, people that never have to be physically in your, in your premises. I mean, that's, that's a form of work that has been in existence for a long time, but you know, I've, I've talked to a bunch of coaching clients in the last month and a half where, you know, ah, no, I don't zoom. I don't zoom. Do you have a laptop? Well, sure. Yeah, you can zoom no, no, I don't want to download any software. Well, you don't have to download any software. You just you just click a link. And, um, and you know, after they do it a little while, they realize, hey, wow, you know, th- there's something to this. Mm-hmm. So I think that there have been some revelations and we're just not going to be able to go back. And I don't want to go back mm-hmm. to the days before people knew that. And again, I, you know, I've been spoiled everywhere I've ever lived. You know, there's been cutting edge, uh, internet access but i cannot imagine
4: mm-hmm.
3: a world that you know where kids especially these kids that are all being homeschooled now you know didn't have access to the web it's just
0: yeah absolutely brian uh, i want to i want to i want to throw it to you because we were talking about innovation and one of the things that uh, that uh, your publisher andy nicely and i talked about on the podcast a couple of weeks ago was uh this uh small business business grant that you guys came up with as an innovative tactic to help small businesses. Can you talk a little bit about that and uh, maybe not only what the program was in a couple of sentences, but also how how it was received? Yeah, no, we started about three weeks ago
5: and uh, what we wanted to do was provide some way, some mechanism for businesses to be able to advertise again when this thing came out and not only just be able to advertise if they were hurting on money, but be able to do two or three times more than they typically be able to with the grant. So what they get to do is they submit it's from it's eligible for May, June, and July, and they can submit into this online form. Hey, here's here's how many people are in my household. Here's how many employees I have. Here's uh, what my typical marketing budget is. Here's how much I want to request for each month. They submit it, and then we look at it, and we're like, okay, they they they're a great candidate, and then we uh and then we authorize them to do the spend. And we've had uh we've had over 200 people, and out of the half a million dollars we offered, we're at 418,000 used right now, so.
0: It's, uh, it's been very, very well received. As, as Kimberly said, blowing up the box. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and again, you know, we've been on this, I've been using this terminology for you know a, a while and it's, uh, I'm kind of a simple thinker, but I, I kept saying to myself, assess what we have and help people. Just those two things, you know, And that's what you did right there. That's incredible. And I mean, my hat's off to you. We had a, uh, uh, going to the, uh, we had a, a viewer, uh, Lauren Ann, said uh, we were talking about the telemedicine. Frank said it's similar to our elders learning to use a cell phone. Now my dad can use an iPhone, so I just wanted to give you some feedback on that. And uh, a fellow by the name of Keith Goldsbury says, uh, "Nice job, guys. Thanks." So we're we're reaching him. I I, I think I know Keith. Yeah, I do. I, I do know Keith. He is a uh, he's a small business owner in Morgantown. And so, you know, again, this is the first time we've ever done this. And uh, I, I expect that, that as we evolve uh, and, and bring this format to the, to the small business uh, population in West Virginia, there will be a lot of opportunities for bringing people on to maybe help them solve a problem that they have you know, wouldn't that be amazing? I, I want to share something with with everybody real quick. I've uh, and, and I think Danny knows this, Jay knows this, uh, but for a number of years, um, I started a thing called uh, the Mentor Mastermind Group at, at B&I in Morgantown. Ed, Ed DaCosta was the the founder of the Mountaineer chapter and Danny and, and Jay are, are in my chapter. And that mastermind group was always uh, kind of a, a little passion for me of mine, and it's still going on like four years later. I don't lead it anymore. Jay is actually leading that right now. Uh, but, you know, the idea of coming around the table uh, with like-minded people wanting to help each other and help the betterment of all is a is a very powerful thing. And I went back to that uh, Napoleon Hill uh, concept that he came up with in 1937, and here we are 2020 uh, implementing a very similar thing, although we're using some crazy technology to implement it i think it's fantastic and and i just uh i I really want to um you know thank you guys uh in the middle of this for doing that we got about 15 more minutes left uh are are there any uh any other points that you guys would like to kind of talk about and address danny i'd like to you know turn it back over to you for a little bit because i know you have you have a, a lot of business clients uh that are really um like you said from all walks of life all sizes of companies what are some practical things uh, that people could be doing right now as they get their PPP and all that, uh, the EIDL loan and, and whatnot? What are some practical things that you think people should be paying attention to?
4: Well, the big thing is going to be tracking the funds so that they get forgiveness. And some people put a, uh, got new accounts for the money to go into. Others, the money went into existing checking accounts. Both are allowed. Um, of course, the, the mechanics of how things would work would be different depending on your particular situation. But in either case, you want to make sure that those funds are being tracked so that eight weeks down the road when the bank comes in and wants proof that the funds were spent on allowable expenses that you're, that you're able to approve where the money went. Um,
0: awesome. Excellent. Frank, you have any uh, kind of parting thoughts that you'd like to, to leave uh, folks with? Maybe some advice as, as we get uh, as we start the month of May here, and as the, the, there's a whole whole month before Memorial Day, it's kind of hard to believe. Uh, but any any parting thoughts that you'd like to share? Yeah, just a couple of things. I, I think
2: employee engagement is so critical. I, I've been doing some webinars for groups on how important it is to, to be engaging your employees, particularly uh, if they're working from home or not working at all. Uh, touch points, at least weekly is so important. I read a recent Gallup poll that says, and, and I want us to all really think about these numbers here, that uh, only one third, one in three employees feel that they can trust their leadership within, within their companies, only one in three. And only 13% of employees worldwide, according to Gallup, uh, believe that their company has a quality communication strategy. Mm -hmm. So when you think about those things, it's just so imperative, even even with small companies, especially with small businesses, that we're communicating regularly and effectively. And I believe that these video conferences, I've heard that there's some fatigue over them, but I think that they're critical so we can see each other. So we have a chance to engage not just over the phone, but actually, you know, the senses are, are touched, right? Vision, you know, being able to see, hear, you know, it, it's important. And so I recommend that that all of us, you know, make sure that we're doing that and, and that we're engaged with our employees, we're engaged with our fellow community members, we're doing things. And I want to thank you, Jim, uh, for putting this on and uh, and all the work that you've been doing and, and all of your partners and and um, uh, yeah, you guys are doing a great job. So, so, you know, really appreciate it.
0: Thanks, Frank. Yeah, great, great to have you. Ed, what are some of your final parting thoughts here? So I, I remember reading with fascination
3: after the stock market crash in 1987, how some very, very ingenious um, business people invested very, very wisely during a time of panic. And not that we're in a panic, you know, pandemic and panic are not the same words, but there's, you know, their nature abhors a vacuum and people are hungry to be loved, to be cared for. And we need to have our wits about us to not overdo it, but to not underdo it as well, to love our employees. We've got to respect our employees. We've got to praise them like crazy, publicly, sincerely, in a heartfelt way that they have endured this with their families whether they enjoyed the time away or not, just love them. Love them no matter what. Even if you get snarky responses, love them. The same thing with your clients, love on them and and take advantage of the vacuum that has existed by virtue of this uh, pandemic. One other comment is, uh, you know, there's a whole lot of people that have been starved for sports and I'm a sports nut I watched the 2018 World Series again last week, and the Red Sox won again. It's like I knew what was going to happen before it happened. And I not only that, but I turned the TV on one morning, and Alexander Ovechkin was playing video hockey, like the EA Sports video hockey game against Wayne Gretzky. It wasn't just Ovechkin and Gretzky on, on the computer the players were were the two two of the greatest players of all time and I stood there for 15 minutes watching it just in fascination like who would have thought that would be something that would be interesting to people but ESPN I mean they've got all this all these hours
0: so anyway yeah that's good Dylan what are some of your parting thoughts
6: uh, one, one thought I had just kind of bridging the gap between Ed's comments and Frank's comments, you know, both of you guys talked about, uh, compassion and, you know, uh, in, in regard to video conferencing, one thing that I've been thinking a lot about is just how, uh, we tie so much about, uh, well, our, of our communication with people to what they look like, uh, to their face, to what we see in their face. And so being able to, um, Actually, see people's face, kind of rush you, you. You all, you get this rush of all of the everything you know about them, the sure. time that you spent with them, the compassion you feel towards them, and so I think that that's played a huge part in us to to maintain that. And then finally, just thinking, you know, compassion again on that word. Um, that's something that I feel like yeah, as a as a state, and in particular in North Central West Virginia, I've been greatly encouraged by our response uh, to to everything that's been going on. Uh, I feel like I've seen a lot of compassion, whether it's you know people rallying around uh, local businesses to support them, or whether, you know, we're talking about the grant fund earlier, whatever it is, it just, it seems like there's been a lot of, as, as a state, we face a lot of issues, whether they're geographical or social, uh, but, but I think a lot of those things have caused us to kind of come together, to be compassionate towards one another, and in particular for those in our communities. So that's been an encouraging thing to watch.
0: Yeah, good stuff, Dylan. Hey Frank, nice Dodgers hat. <laughs> well, Ed said the 2018 World
2: Series <laughs> I, I wanted to reveal the true champions of the of the 18 World
0: Series after the cheating scandal. <laughs>
4: great, that's great.
0: Alicia, what are some of your thoughts uh, as we wrap up here today?
8: Um, I have a couple of things. I think um as a company, like you said, you kind of have to assess what you have. And I think during this time, assessing what you have and really connecting it to with what your audience wants to, want to hear. And then something that Ed had mentioned um, in his last podcast with you is really as a leader, assessing the information that is being put out and being able to share that with you know, your customers as well as your employees so that they do have confidence in how you are leading the company. So I would say being able to assess your business and the services you can provide and being able to assess the information that is coming to you as a business owner are two things that I've seen um, from people.
0: Absolutely. Instilling confidence in people is going to be very, very important, I believe. Absolutely. Good point. Jay, what are some last thoughts you might have?
7: Well, I think, uh, you know, tagging on Frank and employee engagement, um, and I'm going to steal your comment Jim, you know, people, people are dying to be led, but they want to be led by people that they, they trust. Um, so I think that's, you know, just reaching out to your customers, you know, I'm in sales, not everything I do and every comment that I have with my customers is based on sales. So, um, you know, I want them to know, hey, we're kind of in this together. What can I do to help you? Um, You know, do you know somebody that needs needs some food delivered to them? You know, whatever it is, like, um, you know, I kind of compare this pandemic to 9-11. I know it's not the same, but it kind of is because September 12th, you saw a country really come together. We didn't care what your political things were we didn't we didn't care you were you were an American and and you needed help so we just we helped you um and we received help from everybody else um and I really like Dylan said you know people coming together um you know we have three friends that that are in the food service industry that that actually out of this have formed a a what is it a 501c and and are looking down the road to. When when things happen again, where they can help people, I mean that that's awesome. Just just to be able to know those people that did it, it makes me feel like very compassionate and very very um, I don't know what the right word is, but I'm I'm glad that I know them. You know, it's it's like everybody on this call. It, it's you know I, I feel like I'm I'm I shouldn't be on this call, but it, it's pretty cool that I'm I'm on a call with with the people that I know respect and, you know, and I know it can make me better. So.
0: I'm glad you're here, Jay. Danny, uh, do you have any parting thoughts?
4: Yeah, I think that, you know, everything involved in this, the word that keeps coming to my mind is surreal. (laughs) Kids are not in school. Sports are suspended. You know, it seems like the entire world has been shut down, but you know, the group of people that, um, are on this call and in our our BNI group, everyone has been really positive. And like Jay said, you know, our three friends that own restaurants, while their businesses have been severely impacted, they're out forming a nonprofit to help someone else and are taking food to the hospitals and the nursing homes. Uh, So, you know, it's been, I think it's bringing out the best in people.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Brian, I'd like to... Go to you uh, as our final panelist today and kind of sum up uh, your thoughts today.
5: Yeah, no, actually, hey, thanks, Jim, for getting us together, though. It really did turn out well. I mean, my main thing is, you know, as we kind of come out of this thing, I think, I think one of the biggest challenges small businesses are going to encounter is, you know, where do they align their budget? And, you know, the risks of not trying to push hard initially, you know, has to, the risk of loss there has to be greater, uh, even than the risk of gain that they could probably have from other businesses. Um, you know, cause some businesses will go slower and is there an opportunity for that business to pick up their game at the end, um, or at the beginning rather before, uh, and try to take some market share from others. So there's going to be, I think the competition is going to get, uh, going to get pretty, uh, pretty interesting to see how it plays out. I just wanted to add that comment.
0: Yeah, that's, that's great insight. Great insight guys, you know, on, honestly, um, thank you. This is incredible. Uh, like I said, I've been watching some of the comments we've reached, 1,765 people on Facebook Live, uh, just in this uh, hour. Um, one of the things that uh, that's encouraging to me is just uh, the fact that you guys uh, wanna participate in something like this. You know, it's a it's a vision. I don't even know exactly that we've got the vision dialed in. I, I Ed DaCosta started using the, we're flying the plane as we're building it analogy probably four or five years ago is the first time I ever heard that. And now it seems like everybody's using that right now. But uh, that's truly what we're doing with this. And I hope that uh, that we can, um, first of all, I'd like to have you guys all back next week. I, I think Kimberly's interested in that as well. And we're going to continue to build this. This is the very first episode and I'm, I'm, I'm really um, excited about it because um, I think that we, can, we have a lot to offer. And as the panel grows and we bring in experts and, uh, you know, I, I think that I've already gotten some, some feedback, some folks want to be part of this, that, that we could have really meaningful discussions that really help West Virginia business owners uh, get through not just this you know, reopening phase, but for the future of West Virginia. And I, I think we can do this. Brian and I have talked about some, some amazing opportunities of taking this video platform and uh, really blowing it up. Uh, in a big way, uh, but we've got to take those baby steps first and get our, get our legs under us. But uh, for those who have tuned in uh, to Facebook Live, for those who uh, were on the call on the panels, panelists, I really appreciate you guys. And I'm just going to go ahead and sign off. Uh, that's it, folks, for today's episode of Positively West Virginia's West Virginia Small Business Mastermind. My hope is that we brought some valuable insight that you guys can use in your business today and in the future. I Also want to take a moment to thank the sponsors for Positively West Virginia Small Business Mastermind and they are State Journal, WVNews.com and Interaction Media. On behalf of our entire Interaction Media team, I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Stay safe, stay healthy and stay positive West Virginia.